Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
And yes, ladies and gentlemen, coast to coast and around the world, it is a very special edition of Todd Moore's Live Here, a part of the Super Secret Hate Call. Officially on Top Shoe. And yes, we are here with you all live this Thursday, December 8th. Just two minutes shy of the 11.45 p.m. Central Standard Hour. And of course, as always, no matter where you are or what you may be doing, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to support us right here live tonight. Stay with us. We will kick off the show with our first call tonight right after this. night president Todd Morse and from all of us here in Frankville USA at greatest of all time entertainment we're wishing you and yours a very joyous holiday season minus the staff that is
or is being used by another caller. You are now joining the call. You are unmuted.
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is an all-new edition of Thought Force Live. Right here tonight on Talk Shoot. I'm not sure what we're listening to, but it sounds funky. Oh, yeah, it sounds funky.
damn loop just playing over and over and over and over again. Are you kidding me? Will you people wake up out there? We are in dire straits over here on Talk Shoot tonight. There is no content. Zero. Zilch. Lada. Everyone's at home playing Tuck Me In. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Everybody's nittering tonight. Oh, yeah, you know I had to say it. They're niggering tonight. But have no fear. Have no fear. Yes, Todd Morris is braving the cold and the rain tonight to be here. Be here for you. And, uh, yes, I am excited to be here as well. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to a special edition of Todd Morse live right here tonight on Talk Shoot. on the rule book arguably derive from how the Paris Agreement resolves the issues of differentiation between developed and developing countries and how the work in the pre-2020 period would be advanced. Uh, they're talking about the post-pre-2020 period and the post-2020 period, uh, and that's significant because evidently in the post-2020 era, all countries will be expected to make contributions to climate action, they say. So they're focusing a lot of their attention on that. I'll tell you what. Uh, I got the uh, top of the hour break, which I'm late for, so I'm going to go ahead and take that now. Tonight, while you're asleep, criminals will be at work. Not in Kennesaw, Georgia. In 1982, our city passed a law requiring every household to have a gun. It terrified the criminals, and our violent crime rate is now 75% below the national average. We sleep well here in Kennesaw. Americans who own guns prevent over a million violent crimes every year and save lives. Get the facts. Visit armedandsecure.org. That's armedandsecure.org. Documenting the crisis of our republic, waging war on the new world order. This is Govern America. Govern America. South of the Great Lakes, capital city, covering all of North America via satellite, micro FM stations all the country, across the country, and streaming live from FEMA Region 5 and Michigan Planning Region 2. This is Govern America. I'm Darren Weeks, trying to get back into the swing of things here after a couple of weeks off, and it continues to be the 3rd of December 2016. Just a few more weeks left in the year, and we're going to be bidding 2016. Bye bye. And uh, welcoming in the next year and moving rapidly. 
toward 2020 when all of this stuff they want to be fully implemented, apparently. Anyway, we have a phone call on the line, and you're welcome to call in as well. 1-844-646-8376. That's 1-844-6-GOVERN. 1-844-646-8376. And let's move on to the phone. And hello, caller. Who do we have here? Dan in Kentucky. Hi there. I'm glad you had a good Thanksgiving. Great show as always. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this weekend... Oh, uh, my God, who is this? Phoenix, Arizona, Edward G. Griffith is sponsoring the uh, Climate Change Conference. The other night I don't know if you've seen that or not. No, I didn't. Uh, oh Stephen Bowen, who has an interview of Lord Moncton on, it's about two hours long. It's really good because mathematically they have disproven global warming, and especially about the way they do the uh, feedback loops and their temperature uh, surveys. And it knocks uh, global warming out of the park. Mm -hmm. uh, the trouble is it's a religion, not a science, you know. Right. But anyway, so there's uh, some people on our side that are doing this. But people ought to think that uh, civilization has been better and easier for people whenever it did get warm. I mean, in the in the Somebody Middle Ages, uh, they didn't even have chimneys in England, and they grew uh, grape vineyards for wine. Yep. And they didn't, you know, then the Little Ice Age came back. And then, you know, the carbon is ridiculous because plants give off oxygen at night and take in carbon dioxide, and carbon is the basis of life. So really these satanic... Uh, uh, like Bob Chapman used to call them, megalomaniac satanic trillionaires. Mm -hmm. They want to um, they want to destroy life, and this is the battle of souls. So, you know, we're not going to convince any liberals, but they're gone anyway. I read a well, quote yesterday that Theodore uh, Roosevelt said, uh, if you want to anger a conservative, tell him the truth. If you want to anger a liberal, tell him the lie. So... You know, um, people have closed minds, and they won't listen, and that's because they repress whatever they don't want to hear. And yeah. that's too bad, but uh, we have to go on anyway because only 5% of people really do anything. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, conference. I, I think, actually, come to think of it now, I did hear something about that. Uh, you said that was in Phoenix, Arizona? <laughs> Yeah, Scottsdale, uh, no, uh, Phoenix uh, at the Marriott near the Sky Harbor Airport is okay. what uh, Lauren Moncton said. And it's on the Internet if you... Yeah, I, you uh, know, actually, I, I, I think I, I happen to catch Dave Hodges' I show. That to you. What's that? Yeah, he mentioned it. Yeah, yeah he had, yeah, had G. Edward Griffin on there. It. They were talking about yeah, that. Yeah, he's really good. I met him one time. He's uh, he's a good guy. Of course, you know, he got a lot of that from Eustace Mullins. It's a rewrite, but for the younger people, you know, they need to know about the Federal Reserve and all that. Absolutely. And everything comes around again, you know. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. money. Hey, you take care, but uh, if we do have global warming without chemtrails, it's great because uh, you have more civilization and it's easier for people to live. That's how the cavemen got out of the Ice Age, you know? Yep. <laughs> if you believe evolution, which I don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'd well, like to see these. Take good care of these... great show. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Dan, I appreciate that. God bless you.
Yeah, I'd like to see some of these people go go back into their little caves. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and there is a tie-in with climate with the uh, with the money system because ultimately it's going to be uh, they, they, these greenies if they get their way. And a lot of the you know the World Bank and all these people are behind all these climate programs, because ultimately that's where they want to take this. Your monetary unit, your global monetary unit that they want to take us to will be carbon-based, ladies and gentlemen. It'll be a carbon-based currency. Uh, we've had Patrick Wood on the show to talk about that very thing. Now, one of the things that they were looking at in the past was the technate, uh, that was the unit, the name for the unit. But there's, you know, they, they could call it anything they want. The bottom line is, is that they intend to tie it to the environment. So, anyway, um, that's the way it is. So, uh, moving along here, I, I shared with you before the break information from the Marrakesh Agreement and uh, the Marrakesh conference, rather. And that is important to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that's just one of many conferences that have been taking place. And I'm not going to go spend that kind of time on the other ones, but I just wanted to mention some of the names to give you an idea of how many of these things there are. I wanted to share with you some of the groups, which I did, some of the groups that are involved and how many thousands of people are involved in that one conference. But there's also uh, the fourth meeting of the Interagency and Expert Group on the Sustainable Development Goal Indicators. That is a conference that took place at United Nations uh, Economic Commission for Europe in Geneva, Switzerland. That took place the 15th to the 18th of November of this year. So another conference you will not be told about. Uh, that just took, got done taking place. Here's another one uh, that took place earlier last month, November 7th to the 12th. It is the 52nd session of the International Tropical Timber Council and the associated sessions of its four committees. See, all these groups get together and negotiate various things, various agreements, all designed to force you to live a certain way, force you to adapt to their rules. There is also, uh, going back to October 24th to the 27th of this year, the Global Environment Facility Council Consultation Meeting with Civil Society Organizations, uh, the 51st GEF Global Environment Facility Council Meeting, and the 21st Meeting of the Least Developed Countries, Fund, and the Special Climate Change Fund Council. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, these people really need to figure out better titles for their meetings, I think. But anyway, that one took place in October, as I said, 24th to the 27th, in Washington, D.C. How many of you heard about it, that this global environment facility meeting was taking place? I'm betting uh, nobody. Uh, moving along, we see uh, from the United Nations Conference Center, uh, in Bangkok, Thailand, there, uh, and this is also October 24th to the 28th, second meeting of the Open-Ended Intergovernmental Ad Hoc Expert Group, uh, 
established pursuant to paragraph 48 of the United Nations Economic and Social Council. That uh, resolution 2015-33, that is a conference that took place in October, as I said, Bangkok, Thailand. All of these have decisions and discussions taking place around them. There are meeting minutes that you can download. All, I will put all these in the show notes, by the way, so that you can peruse them at your convenience. You can get to all of these conferences at uh, www.iisd.ca. I come back to this from time to time. I used to spend a lot more time on this, but it can be dry reading, as you're probably seeing today. I hope I haven't lost all of you. But I'm spending a little time on this today, ladies and gentlemen, because I could talk about the elections. I could talk about the recount. I could talk about all the stuff that the average person is hearing about anyway on TV. But much of that is distractionary. I mean, we can, we can discuss Jill Stein if you want. We can discuss her efforts at overturning the election and Hillary Clinton, who conceded the election and then turned around and said she would support the recount effort, despite the fact that Trump won, won square, fair and square. But does any of that matter? Does any of it matter in the sense that Trump's coming in and he's putting bankers in charge of the Secretary of Treasury? You know, he's putting people involved in these key positions. He even talked to David Petraeus, ladies and gentlemen. David Petraeus! <laughs> so... Does it really matter if he overturns the election that much? I mean, it probably does when it comes to things like the guns. That's important enough that to, to hope that it doesn't happen. But at the end of the day, my point is they're getting the job done, listeners. The, the, the agenda is going forward regardless of which party is in office. With, regardless Amen. of which Amen. is in office. These things, these plans are moving forward. Here we see the 66th biennial meeting of the International Whaling Commission. This is a conference that took place October 24th to the 28th in Slovenia. And you didn't hear anything about the International Whaling Conference, did you? I'm sure you didn't. You probably didn't. How many of you even knew there was an International Whaling Commission? probably an international commission on just about everything. Uh, there's also the uh, 2016 annual general meeting of the Intergovernmental Forum on Mining. We were talking about mining earlier. There's an intergovernmental forum on mining, minerals, metals, and sustainable development. The Sustainable Development Goals and Mining. Uh, that one took place uh, in Geneva, Switzerland. I believe the UN headquarters there. So there's a whole lot of pictures, a whole lot of notes from that conference here on this page. And, you know, that I won't go on from here. I'm sure there's uh, more things coming up. Uh, current coverage right now, going on as we speak, evidently, the African Soil Seminar. The Budapest Water Summit, the United Nations Biodiversity Conference, Mainstreaming Biodiversity for Well-Being. 
that's being held December 2nd, starting today to December 17th in Cancun, Mexico. Listeners, it will begin a high-level segment to be held uh, on those dates that I just gave uh, and hosted by the Mexican government and organized with the Secretariat of the Convention on Biological Diversity. Anyway, uh, there's more to that. There is recently just getting over is the sixth session of the African Regional Platform and fifth high-level meeting of disaster risk reduction. All of this is very important. All of this is vital because we live in a United Nations world. Increasingly, our country is being supplanted by internationalism. And so when these people get together and make these decisions, it's important for you to know and pay attention to what's going on in these meetings. There's a reason why there's a complete, total blackout, a complete blackout in the media about anything that matters today. Uh, Here we see from the Mercury News, Malibu Rancher's hunting permit incites uproar uh, they're talking about a mountain lion, P-45 is what it, what they've named this mountain lion. Uh, and this uh, mountain lion is killing, killing cattle, killing goats, killing livestock. And these environmentalists don't want them to kill it. A killing spree by a mountain lion, they say, that munched 11... Uh, alpacas and a goat above Malibu over the weekend was enough to grant a state to permit permit to kill the cat. But environmentalists, state and federal officials across Southern California were up in arms on Tuesday about the rancher's aim to hunt down the male mountain lion known as P-45. Uh, quote, I understand if you lost the animals you're raising and are upset. Unquote, said Michael Bell, founder of the Citizens for a Humane Los Angeles, based in Encino. I'm sorry if I'm getting these names wrong, folks. Uh, he continued and said, but this is a mountain lion, P-45, famous. I bet he could, he should be left alone. I believe he should be left alone to do what mountain lions do. Yeah, in other words, kill as much cattle, kill as much livestock, kill people, whatever they do. Hey, that's fine. Cage the humans. Let the animals go free. That's the ideology of these people. He says, if people have livestock, they should go to great extremes to protect their own without killing a natural predator. Unquote. A state game warden gave the unidentified rancher permission Monday. And why is he unidentified? Because probably they would come and try to kill him. They would try to... He he probably would have retribution, very much like the electors have potential retribution if they vote for Donald Trump. These people are rabid. They're more rabid than the animals. (sighs) Uh, 
This unidentified rancher was given permission Monday to kill the cougar in the mountains, mountains above Malibu after it slaughtered a dozen farm animals over the weekend. The mountain lion, identified as P-45, allegedly tore apart uh, 10 animals at one ranch near Mulholland Highway at Decker Canyon Road on Saturday and another uh, along with a goat Sunday at a, a second ranch. California Department of Fish and Wildlife issued the so-called depredation order, which under state law grants a person the right to shoot a mountain lion if it has been killing livestock or pets. A spokesman for the agency did not request uh, return request for comment. Uh, I'll leave that there in the interest of time. There's more to that. Uh and then, of course, we have significant problems with national security. Uh, one thing that's interesting and important for people to be focused on as well, now this may have gotten a little coverage, I don't know. I don't think it probably got much coverage in the U.S. media, but the Snoopers Charter Many of you folks might remember us talking about the Snoopers Charter over in uh, Britain. Well, it's now passed into law. Uh, this covers the entire United Kingdom, and we have a good background report uh, from Vigilant Citizen. In the UK, the Investigatory Powers Act 2016, nicknamed the Snoopers Charter, has been passed by both the House of Lords and the House of Commons the biggest overhaul of surveillance powers for more than a decade. Service providers must now store details of everything you do online for 12 months and make it accessible to dozens of public authorities. For the first time, security services will be able to hack into computers, networks, mobile devices, servers and more. This could include downloading data from a mobile phone that is stolen or left unattended, or software that tracks every keyboard letter pressed being installed on a laptop. The power will be available to police forces and intelligence services, although warrants must be issued for the hacking to take place. The law was passed with hardly any resistance. US whistleblower Edward Snowden tweeted, the UK has just legalized the most extreme surveillance in the history of Western democracy. It goes further than many autocracies. Under the guise of counter-terrorism, the British state has achieved totalitarian-style surveillance powers, the most intrusive system of any democracy in history. It now has the ability to indiscriminately hack, intercept, record, and monitor the communications and internet use of the entire population. Theresa May and her colleagues claim that the Investigatory Powers Bill is necessary for protecting British citizens, especially in regards to terrorism. But there is no evidence that mass surveillance has ever thwarted a terrorist attack. A similar act is already in place in relation to local councils. According to The Telegraph, local councils have used their anti-terrorism surveillance powers to spy on, amongst other things, dog walkers failing to clean up after their pets in the park. Under the new law, journalists will no longer be able to promise whistleblowers and vulnerable sources that sensitive information will not be compromised, as the government will be able to spy on the communications. How are journalists able to work with sensitive information or make controversial state secrets public if they don't have freedom from surveillance? Okay, so that's the Snoopers Charter over in the United Kingdom. That's the law. Now keep in mind, the United Kingdom, folks, 
is typically just a short time, a short way ahead of the United States. But we already have the Patriot Act here. We already have domestic surveillance here. We already live in a police state here. And I guess there's going to be a lot of people out there now saying, boy, I'm glad Trump got elected. Boy, you know, it's it's really good. It's a good thing that Trump got in there so he can change all of this, right? I err on the side of security. I think that, you know, some people like that, some people don't like it. But I think, and I'm not just saying that, you know, since Paris, I'm saying for quite some time. Uh, I assume when I pick up my telephone, people are listening to my conversations anyway. If you want to know the truth, it's pretty sad commentary. But I err on the side of security. Uh, so you would be in favor of restoring the Patriot Act? I, I think that would be fine. As far as I'm concerned, that would be fine. So there you go. Don't look for Trump to uh, reverse any of this domestic surveillance thing. Just had to put that in there as a little reminder for people that might be doing the hero worship again. Uh, while we're on Trump, uh, <laughs> he ignited a little bit of a controversy regarding flag burning. And for some reason, my clip is gone. Uh, apparently, I don't know what happened to it. That's interesting. So anyway, uh, Trump, uh, I think he throws, he, he tweeted, what, the bottom line is what he did is he tweeted out a uh, a tweet regarding anybody that, uh trying to remember exactly what it said, something to the effect of anybody that would burn a flag deserves jail time or a fine. I think he even said something about losing losing their citizenship. And this was just something that just came out of, apparently out of the blue, very random. And I think he uh I think he throws these things out uh somewhat to manipulate the media into talking about outrageous and incendiary things that he says. Uh my hunch is that he probably just threw it out there as a distraction for the media. Uh, so that they would take that bait and not talk about, you know, something relating to the transition. Because some of the people that he's been selecting in the transition is is pretty damning to him. If you really focus on their backgrounds and who these people are. So this may just be as simple as that. But you still have to consider the possibility that he's serious about this stuff since he is the president-elect. And uh, assuming that Jill Stein, of course, and Hillary Clinton and George Soros aren't successful at overturning the election. Anyway, Judge Andrew Napolitano was on Fox and Friends, and uh, he pretty much nails it uh, as far as this whole flag-burning controversy. I will tell you, I have seen a flag being burned outside of a Trump building, and it is revolting to watch this. I I disagree with what they do. I condemn what they do, but I will defend to the death their right to do it because it it is expressive conduct. It's an opinion. It's an opinion that basically condemns what the flag stands for. But think about it. The flag stands for so much freedom. It stands for the freedom to destroy the symbol. That's not me. That's the Supreme Court twice 
1989 and 1990, including right. the late, great Justice Scalia, who said you should condemn, condemn, flag, sure. condemn flag burning, but said the Constitution permits that he had no choice well, but to go with the majority. Okay, well, let's talk about the majority. A huge majority of American uh, people watching right now and across the country hate that. They yes. would like to see it outlawed. I, I hate it, too, but I don't want to see it outlawed, and I don't think the Supreme Court is, uh, is because it's an expression of opinion. Is it legal it's, in every country around the world? No, of course not. When the Supreme Court invalidated uh, the laws that prohibited flag mm -hmm. burning, they did it twice. Once, they invalidated a federal statute. Second time, they invalidated a state statute, which had the effect of right. invalidating all the state statutes that prohibited it. Think about it. If the government can take a class of speech that it hates or fears, like flag burning, right. and make it illegal, could they make it other things illegal, like criticizing the government? This is a very dangerous, slippery slope down which we don't want to go. So I was interviewing Justice uh, Scalia at a Brooklyn Law School uh, event about two years ago, and I said, if you could rewrite the flag burning law, what would you do? He said, easy. Everybody that burns the flag would go to jail if I were the king. But I'm not the king. In America, we don't have a king. In America, the Constitution is the king, and the Constitution says you can say what you want about the government and do what you want with the flag. Now, let's be clear. We're talking about burning your own flag. We're not talking about burning a government flag or somebody else's flag. Right. If you take down somebody else's flag, well, that's, 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 that's an independent crime. So if the statutes had prohibited all open fires for safety purposes, that sounds good. That's acceptable. But these statutes right. just targeted flags. Well, what do you think about this university, though, that's saying you can't even fly an American flag? That is also a suppressing speech, because just as you have the right to burn one, you have the right to display one. And the university... So you're saying they're not, breaking a law? No. If it's private property, they can do it. It's absolutely wrong. It's condemnable, but it's lawful. Okay. I would disagree with that last point, because many of these public universities take public funds. And uh, so that, that means it's not private property. But, and so they shouldn't be allowed to, to ban free speech. Anyway, bottom of the hour, we've got to take the break. We'll be back. This is Govern America.
Information is not currently available. Chemicals in my townhouse, and they did it in my condo where I moved from. And they did it in my house. I had to sell my house to get out of there, and I didn't know why I was sick. I didn't know why that house was making me sick, and they were soaking me up with chemicals. And I couldn't stand it. I had to get out of there. And then eventually, I did have a friend, lawyer, who retired, and he used to always tell me, don't you dare mention those chemicals when we go to court for anything because they'll put you in a mental ward. And he knew what was going on, and he knew what they were doing. And they're on my telephone, and they turn my light on and off and on and off and on and off. The whole time we're talking, they're turning my telephone light on and off and on and off. But um, I've worked so much against the mental incarceration of of our people and our members and I know so much about what they're doing and still used to tell me, they took a social worker and have her stand beside the judge's bench for any petty little thing and she'd be standing there and I'd say, who's that woman, Phil? He'd say, that's a social worker and if you tell them about the chemicals, they're going to say you're crazy and put you in a mental ward. I I had a... This relates to the problem. It doesn't sound like it relates to the problem. I had a, had a severe kidney problem. I had a swollen kidney. It was wearing away. It was causing me stress. I was seeing a psychiatrist because in a private practice for, for because I, I had uh, a nervous condition, which I realized was due to food, chemicals. And, and I was walking not excessively slowly, but a little bit slowly in his office, and he told me, you're not walking right, it doesn't look right. And, and he said, you got to walk faster because it doesn't look right. I said, I, I said to him, I think there's something physically wrong with me. So we sent him, I think there's an organ, he's not right or something. I had no pain. But then I went, so he sent me to his friend uh, who did a, a checkup on me. He didn't find anything wrong. And then later on, I found out I had a severe, severe kidney problem, very severe kidney problem, and the, and the urologist said to me, you're not going to be able to work with that kid. You're going to be too stressed out. And and the psychiatrist is trying to make me conform into something that I'm not capable of doing because my kidney wasn't working. So they don't, if, if they can't find a physical reason, they'll just blame it psychological. They're so egotistical and hubris that if they can't find a physical problem, it's automatically psychological. And it's not true. It's true. It's exactly what they do. I've had today when they wound up this week here and they really had it. Um and and so far I haven't succumbed to it yet, but say I get ketones one hour and I get ammonia the next hour and then I get I think it smells what smells like chocolate? What smells like chocolate cake? Rhonda and I looked it up on a computer and it said methane when burnt smells, burning smells like burnt chocolate. I don't know if that's what it is coming through the walls or not. And then they'll take a garden hose and spray my outside walls and windows with pesticides, strong pesticides. My windows are so oily when it rains, I can't see out. 
and then they call their friendly cop, and then they make up stories and say, oh, you got to get her some care. And there's telephones going on and off, and lights going on and off. There's some crazy cop who's on it, but they turn in my telephone light on and off and on and off and on and off. I think I think you know I don't like I don't discount brain chemistry. I think brain chemistry can be very helpful for people who are having problems. But I think the uh, Chinese view of mental health is is something we should take seriously and and look at it very carefully because they have a very very good view of mental health. <laughs> they do. They they that you have to be grounded. You have to be in tune with the earth. You have to be. Um, a proper exercise, proper spirit, proper uh, oxygen, um, exercise, uh, joy, um, emotional stability that suits you, not con- not total conformity, something that can resonate with other people that makes you feel good. Not like psychi- that's the Chinese view of mental health. Not like psychiatrists who make you worship them. That's not the way to do it. We tell you, you have to stay away from those people. I must call. I'm always telling people do for counseling, don't go to a psychiatrist. Go to a psychologist or a licensed, early trained therapist. And a lot of PhDs can be used. I check the licensing requirements in the state of Virginia that would qualify people to be on the list to do mental evaluations on people and was listed medical doctors, doctors of divinity, psychiatrists, psychiatrists, psychologists, um, I forgot who else was on it, but they had to be at least a PhD doctor in order to get a license to do true mental evaluations on people. And they use people that really aren't necessarily psychologists only. Ministers, I would see how they would easily be put on the list. Um, Medical doctors, I could see, would be qualified to put on a list. They were listed, but social workers were not on the list as being qualified mental evaluators of people and not given a license to do exactly that. I don't know. I just know that every time I um, see a psychiatrist, I sort of shy away from them. I I just... uh, Well, then don't go see them. Why do you go see them? No, no. I'm talking about even when I'm... Like uh, in my house of worship, there was a psychiatrist. And um, 
in social functions, I've met psychiatrists. And even then, I shy away from them. Um, I just think they're weird. And I've majored in my graduate work in general psychology, but not psychiatry. Psychiatrists are definitely needed for people who do have serious physical brain problems. Definitely they're needed. But they should be limited to that kind of field and just be psychologists, counselors for people who don't really need them. But people say going to a psychiatrist is the biggest and best thing they can do. If they need canceling, and of course, I don't think so. And it sounds like you don't think so. Well, see, psych, psych means mind. And they don't differentiate between the mind and the brain. And since psychiatry, psychiatry means, what the word means is, Psych means mind, iatric means cause, caused by the mind. So, when it goes what by the mind? What? What by the mind? Iatric. Iatric means caused by, caused by. And psych means mind. So, psychiatry means caused by the mind. But um, they don't differentiate between the brain and the mind. So, if you disagree with them, which may be a totally legitimate way of thinking, but if you disagree with them, they'll tell you that your brain is wrong, but your brain is not wrong. They're trying to control your mind through your brain, and it's a debate on whether it's the, the mind and the brain are the same thing. For instance, but it's, I don't think they are because... Oh, you know, I don't think they are either. Your brain, your brain is a physical thing. Actually, your mind is a physical thing. It's cell. But people don't necessarily believe that or get it straight. You wouldn't have a mind if you didn't have brain cells. Well, physics, another thing that uh, I can, another thing that proves psychiatrists wrong with the DSM, uh, DSM uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, there was a fifth in the physicists discovered somehow that your consciousness or your thinking is really above your head. Your, your well, physicists not, found out that it's above your head. Yeah, they proved that the your your energy or your consciousness is above your head. It's been proven by physicists. It was a recent st- study. I should get it. I didn't hear that. It's muffled. It's what above your head? Your consciousness. Is above your head? Yes, it's above your head. It can't. You? What do you mean? Outside your head? It's above your head. Your consciousness is above your physical skull. It's been proven. We're energy. We're energy. We're we're we're, we're physical vessels, but we're energy, and that energy can go outside of the physical body. And so, the consciousness is is above the head. But it isn't. Your consciousness is a physical part of your brain. And if it was not, it wouldn't exist. That's right.
But there's also energy that emanates from the brain, too. True. I need to study more on that energy, and I need to study more on the electrical system of the body. Mm, I don't know. Because we are an electric box. I have, I have, um, let's see, five, nine, six, uh, I have maybe 16 or 17 people in my family and my cousins and, and, um, uncles and aunts. And I think like nine of them are like mental health into the mental health field. Mm. So I know all about it. I've been surrounded by mental health workers all my life. <laughs> Uh, uh, half good. my family is in the mental health profession. Well, if they're good, normal people, that's great. I'm going to say you're mental patients in your family. I'm laughing. But, I mean, nobody in my family had ever had mental problems or even discussed it or had anything wrong, so it was never a part of our family. No, I didn't say they were... Mental patients, I said they were in the mental health field. They were mental health field. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about my family. Oh. I'm saying that no one ever needed any care, so it wasn't something we thought or talked about. They were just normal, everyday people. Luckily. Because I'm a big family, and we were so lucky to have such good health. Immediately, I think most of that was because my mother was such a good mother and such a good cook, and she had the best food and water in the entire world. And I might mention this, Dr. Bob Marshall is on the radio from Austin, Texas, every Saturday for an hour, and he's on Friday, every night, Monday through Friday for an hour. I think it's 11, 10 a.m. radio. And you might want to listen to him. He says, our food is terrible, our water is terrible, and we're in the worst times for that that we have ever lived in. He said, don't buy any prepared food, eat only raw fruits and vegetables and only organic food. He said, you should drink half your weight in water every day. I don't see how you could, but he says that's what you should do. He encourages eating some salt, which you need. He encourages eating raw butter, which you need. He talks about the trauma to your body caused by surgery or accident or any kind of trauma to your body where he does physical harm. And he talks about how to cure it and take care of it. And he's the only doctor I've ever heard talk about that. And it's true. He's a fantastic guy. Floor is open. Anyone can talk. California, are you still there? Southwest Ohio, are you there? Connecticut, are you there? Uh, I'm driving now, so... 
Okay, well, be safe. Um, bye. Okay. How's mom? Not good. What's wrong? Not not good. But I was just wondering, is she is it her mental or physical status? Yeah. That, oh. Both. 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 Oh. Yeah. Do they know why? Oh, she was refusing meds. Yeah, but why would her physical status deteriorate? Is she not eating? I don't know. With all the stress and stuff she's creating for herself, her diabetes is off the wall, and she's on the verge of renal failure. Oh, I see. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Well, she's going to the hospital tomorrow. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, honey. Tonight. We'll pray for her tonight. What? I'll pray for her tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, by the way, um, I used to agree with uh, the woman. I, I know you're not supposed to want me to say the name, but um, the um, psychologists are better than psychiatrists because they're trained better and they, they have a different way of doing things. But uh, sad to discover that uh, as time goes on, the psychiatrists, I mean the psychologists, are overlapping with the psychiatrists and they're becoming more like psychiatrists, even though they can't prescribe medications. They're, they're, they're acting a lot more like them. They're following the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, and then uh, I don't like the way it's going. <laughs> so if you want to see a psychologist, try to see an old timer. Yeah, um, even then, yeah, the old-timers are much nicer. Even the psychiatrist, old-timer I went to, really nice guy. Listened intently, actually cared about what I had to say. And then when I asked him for a prescription, he said, oh, I don't write those. I said, oh, okay. Well, that's fine. But um, he was really nice. He was the only one I ever went to. The rest of them were kind of like throw a pill at you and throw a bill at you and tell you to shut up and get out, basically. Yeah. I went your, mo- your mother just died. Yeah, here's a pill. It'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. They have a pill for everything. You know, you keep, you can. I tried that, too. I kept going in saying, there's something wrong. I just don't feel right, you know. I, I don't know what's, what's going on, but, you know, something's made. So try this, so try this, so try this. You know them. They're throwing pills at you. <clears throat> and they think he was charging me. $375 for 30 minutes of his time. And he, he can get me out of there fast enough, yeah. Well, see, um, you know how they you know how stupid they are, how ridiculous they are. I heard they were diagnosing two-month-old infants with depression, <laughs> which is totally nuts. What can they do except uh, eat crap and, uh, and cry? What else can they do? Well, I don't know how they can be depressed. Some babies have failure to thrive. 
And for some unknown reason, they don't thrive. It's probably physiologic. It's probably the food. I don't know. But some babies have failure to thrive, and sometimes it is emotional. Um, children that don't get held often enough, like in the old-fashioned, uh, 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 what are they called, orphanages with a whole bunch of babies that didn't have enough people to hold them often enough, and those kids did develop emotional conflicts and emotional issues. Yes, but the drugs are not going to help them. Those are, I don't think... Recording. I
Talk Recorded live. We have absolutely zero crime reports that have happened here. It's a very safe neighborhood. In the early morning hours of May 12, 2006, I was awakened by a stranger who was holding me down with a shirt covering my face. And he was saying, shut up. Don't say anything. Just stay quiet. He stayed in my apartment for the next two hours and sexually assaulted me. And at 20 years old, I had to lay there thinking about how I was going to die. Law enforcement in my case was fantastic, but they were there after the crime was committed. I would say that my fear of guns disappeared when I got my second chance at my life. Protecting myself is my right. Michael Bloomberg would like to say that he is doing this to make everyone safer. Unfortunately, Michael Bloomberg is not making me safer. If my right to self-protection is taken away, that leaves me very, very vulnerable and feeling very scared once again. I know how best to defend myself. Mr. Bloomberg, you do not have the right to tell me how to defend myself. The guy just came into our store and started shooting. There was nothing we could do. We just huddled behind the counter, defenseless. Eventually, the police showed up, but by then it was too late. Six people were already dead, including my wife and daughter. If only I had a gun, maybe they'd still be alive. Americans who own guns prevent over a million violent crimes every year and save lives. Get the facts. Visit armedandsecure.org. Documenting the crisis of our republic. Waging war on the new world order. This is Govern America. Govern America. From just south of the Great Lakes capital city, covering all of North America via satellite, micro-FM stations all across the country, and streaming live from FEMA Region 5 and Michigan Planning Region 2, this is Govern America. I'm Darren Weeks, your host here for the next three hours. For the final hour, I should say, of this three hours, and it continues to be the 3rd of December 2016 as we continue on here. 1-844-646-8376. That's 1-844-6-GOVERN. 1-844-646-8376. My email address, radio at governamerica.com, and the website is governamerica.com. Uh, you can join the folks in the chat room, uh, although there's a number of different uh, chat rooms out there now, so uh, ours doesn't get used as much as it used to, but there's a few people in there, and you can join them. Uh, it's chat.governamerica.com. That's chat.governamerica.com. Uh, before the break, break I uh, started to mention that, you know, this electoral, well, uh, no, the flag-burning thing. I wanted to finish finish up with that here. Um this is Joe Sixpack at a restaurant here. I just want to play this because this is what this is really to me representative of how the average American how they really feel about all of this. They just go along with anything. Um, I actually think flag burning is a complete desecration. Uh, as a United States citizen, I think it should be outlawed. I think anybody who does it should be ticketed in a fine or possibly jailed. It is an absolute farce that somebody would desecrate our American flag, which represents us, um, uh, freedom, um, what our troops have done for us, and it, it should not be allowed. Interesting. So that's certainly the take that Donald Trump has had in, in the last day, which has brought in a lot of media coverage. Okay, so going along with that guy's mindset, how is it any different to say that you can't burn the American flag uh, than 
it's it's just one little step, tiny little baby step forward to say you can't criticize the government. I mean, that's pretty much close to the same thing. So anyway, the media has been all over that. Uh, and as the media focuses on that, we have a massive increase in attacks on our border agent. Now, over in, over in Britain, the refugee crisis has become so bad over there, uh, and there are so many foreigners going into that country that one in three babies now born in the United Kingdom last year had a foreign parent. fueling this huge population boom, they're in danger of losing their country. Uh, the Sun out of the U.K. says a record one-third of all babies born in the country last year had at least one foreign-born parent as sky-high immigration fuels a population boom. Staggering figures revealed that in some parts of London, nearly 9 in 10 newborns had a mom or dad from overseas. Uh, in the borough of Newham, 5,378, or 86% of the children had at least one foreign-born parent in 2015. A total of 33% for England and Wales compares with just 21% in 2000. So uh, a huge problem when you've got unvetted foreigners coming into your country in droves and then having droves of babies. Uh, and also from the mirror out of the UK, the second, currently now, they, they, they released a list of baby names for 2016. Apparently they do this on, on a fairly regular basis. What names are popular and what names aren't every year. And to, to kind of track the trends, and baby naming, and it's interesting that under the male list, Muhammad is the number two most popular name, evidently, in Britain, in the United Kingdom, that is. Muhammad is the number two most popular. So, you've got that. Am I being xenophobic in pointing this out? Folks, you have, you have to know that you're losing your culture. And once you lose this, once you seed this, clawing it back is next to impossible. Because then people that are born have entitlement to be there, and there you have it. Even people that aren't born, as we're seeing with our country, think that they are entitled to be there, to be here. Uh, from the Evening Standard, still staying in the UK, Brits urged not to report Dubai crimes after gang-raped woman arrested for extramarital sex. Uh, a charity is advising the UK nationals not to report rapes to, to the Dubai police after a sex attack victim was arrested when she went to the authorities for help. So, my my suggestion to everyone is stay away. <laughs> Don't go there. 
Unbelievable. Yeah, they uh, prosecuted her for having extramarital sex after she was raped, ladies and gentlemen. This is how uh, this is how their twisted logic, if you can call it that, their twisted logic works. In the meantime, I mentioned the Border Patrol here in the United States. Uh, we have a gentleman. He's evidently the new. I don't know how new. He's a U.S. Border Patrol Chief Mark Morgan. He testified in front of the Senate Homeland Security Committee regarding the conditions on the uh, southern border with Mexico. And apparently it's not looking very well, folks. Uh, U.S. Border Patrol attacks are up like 200%. These people are under siege right now, and they're being attacked massively. During my first four months of chief, I've had the privilege to travel to 11 sectors to meet with thousands of United States Border Patrol agents, staff, and leadership from the northern, southern, and coastal borders, as well as the United States Border Patrol Academy, headquarters here in D.C., the canine training facility, and our special operations group in El Paso. In all these interactions across the country, one thing was consistent and abundantly clear. The men and women of the United States Border Patrol have one of the toughest jobs in federal law enforcement. They are the most assaulted federal law enforcement in the United States. More than 7,400 Border Patrol agents have been assaulted since 2006. That rose in FY16 by 20%, and year-to-date, we're seeing an increase of assaults of 200% from the previous year to date. It's a dangerous job. And since my short time here, two Border Patrol agents have already been killed in the line of duty, Agent Manny Alvarez and David Gomez. They are faced with unforgiving terrain and weather, limited resources, long hours, adverse conditions, and they're often called upon to go above and beyond what they've been trained to do. They are tenacious in the pursuit of getting better. They're innovative, and they have a can-do attitude. They're dedicated to the mission, this country, themselves, and doing something greater than themselves. I'm honored to be serving with them. These are my first and most important observations of my first four months here. Folks, Obama has much to do with these attacks on these Border Patrol agents. This guy is a treasonite. He, is, he should be charged with treason. He, Eric Holder, Hillary Clinton, the whole lot of them. They're all diggers. Because they are giving aid to elements that would try to destroy our country. They are literally destroying our country from within. We are being invaded. We are being colonized. And the reason why all these people are coming and all of these people have a sense of entitlement is because Obama has given them the sense of entitlement. Now, it remains to be seen whether Trump will do something about this. Uh, I don't know if he will or not. I'm certainly not too excited about his selection for Homeland Security Chief if he goes with who he's talking about going with. Because uh, this guy is a mediocre mediocre guy at best. Actually, maybe I should just jump to that one. Uh, this, uh, this speculation he's going to, to tap Representative Michael McCall for Homeland Security Secretary. Now, this Michael McCall sounds like a real big talker. 
Uh, here he is uh, with uh, Fox News' uh, Brett Beyer. And what Adnani talks about is using vehicles and knives, the same method uh, that this terrorist used in Ohio. There is a frustration here, and clearly the, the election, uh, Donald Trump tapped into that about the concern about radical Islam in the election. He did tweet today that this person should not have been allowed into the country, should not have been here as a refugee. How, how would you prevent this guy from, from being here? Well, I think one thing is very clear, and I've met with the president-elect, and we talked about uh, ramping up our vetting procedures in terror hotspot areas like Pakistan to raise the threshold. Uh, I have a bill in the Congress to uh, provide that an ICE investigation take place over there before they come into the country, and that we also use things like social media. We saw the San Bernardino plot unfold with a black widow who had things on social media, yet we didn't know about that. No employer would hire somebody without looking at their Facebook and social media. And the federal government is just now doing this uh, and not doing it very well. But you agree that there's an evolution here, a self-radicalization, that if the guy comes in as a kid, you're not going to be able to process that or stop that before it happens, right? And I think that is the, the, the core of the problem and the issue. If somebody comes in and they pass uh, the screening test, which I think needs to be ramped up, once they're here, can they self-radicalize or do they have more of a propensity to, to do so? Uh, we saw that in, in case after case. Um, you know, the Syrian population, I introduced the bill, the SAFE Act, to stop the flow of Syrian refugees into the United States because of what I saw to be a high risk factor of not only terrorists coming in, which is what the DNI warned and Secretary of Homeland warned about, and FBI, uh, but the idea that once they're here, they have the potential to self-radicalize and kill Americans. Okay, so that's McCall. Sounds real good, doesn't it? Now, let's go back to, uh, let me see, here it is, Life Gazette. Uh, Brendan Kirby writes, Immigration experts warn against McCall for Homeland Security. Texas congressmen voted in favor of amnesty. So the guy you just heard sounds real great. Oh, he's going to do all this. He's going to do all that. Yet he carries a mixed record on securing the border. They say backlash continues to grow against the possibility that President-elect Donald Trump might tap Representative Michael McCall. He's a Republican from Texas to run the Department of Homeland Security. Conservative immigration activists point to the House Homeland Security Committee chairman's uneven record and a USA Today report that current Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson has virtually endorsed him. Listeners, he's endorsed by Jay Johnson. Let me jump to the Washington Times. Jay Johnson gives Michael McCall vote of confidence on border security. They say Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson gave one of his potential successors a stamp of approval on Wednesday, saying Representative Michael McCall is the strongest member of Congress when it comes to border security. This coming from Jay Johnson, who never met an illegal immigrant he didn't love. Anyway, Mr. Johnson and Mr. McCall were responding to criticisms reported in the Washington Times from advocates for stricter enforcement of immigration laws who said they hoped that President-elect Donald Trump picked someone else for the Homeland Security chief. All right, getting back to the Life Gazette now. Uh, Mark Kirkorkian, executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies, he says, quote, I'm skeptical, frankly, 
We need to have the most hawkish DHS secretary who's confirmable, unquote. About the best that Kerkorkian could say about McCall is that he is better than the Homeland Security Chief uh, Democrat that Hillary Clinton would have named. Uh, yeah, okay, but she lost. The fact that Jay Johnson has all but endorsed Mike McCall for DHS secretary tells me all that I need to know. Uh, the six-term congressman who coasted to re-election last month has acknowledged his interest in the job and met with Trump this week. He told Fox News that questions about his commitment to border security are laughable. But Numbers USA, which favors low levels of immigration and scores numbers of Congress, gave McCall a C-minus lifetime grade, placing him in the bottom fifth of Republicans in the House. He's not terrible, but he's pretty mediocre overall, said Roy Beck, the group's president. The big problem is that on the issues that he would be dealing with at DHS on immigration, you know, the big issues that Trump campaigned on, hello, in the last four years, he's really been the champion of undercutting the laws that are already on the books. So, <laughs> once again, folks, drain the swamp. Well, if they're draining the swamp, they're only doing it to put fresh swamp in its place. And that's the problem. Um, anyway, here's, uh, here's McCall again. He was asked by Brett Beyer about his support for amnesty. You know, as the as names are being tossed around, there's a lot of uh, people that put stuff out, uh, either for or against uh, someone. Uh, today in the Washington Times, the president of the Americans for Legal Immigration PAC wrote, we certainly hope that Donald Trump would not reward a deceptive pro-amnesty lawmaker like Michael McCall with a cabinet position. That would be very disappointing to all of us that believed his campaign promises to secure our borders and deport millions of illegal immigrants under current U.S. law. Your response to that? Uh, it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, when you have people jockeying for a position, they will go to the press and say negative and false things. This is absolutely false. I've never supported that idea. In fact, I've been consistently the biggest advocate on the Hill to secure the border. And I talked to Mr. Trump about how we can secure the border once and for all and building the wall. Uh, this, uh, I, you know, countless times I've stood up uh, to defend the United States against terror uh, coming in and terrorist pathways. Uh, so I, I find it incredulous, and inflammatory, uh, and quite frankly, it, it's uh, slanderous. Yeah, slanderous. No, it's not slanderous when they're looking at your record, pal, and making their opinion. What have they got to, what, what, what reason do they have to lie about this? What purpose do they have to lie? Uh, they're looking at your record. And they're calling it like they see it on your record. In the meantime, uh, overwhelmed Border Patrol agents are stuck taking care of all the illegal immigrants. Uh, Border Patrol agents, this is the Washington Free Beacon, Border Patrol agents are reporting that they are overwhelmed by a massive uptick in illegal immigration of unaccompanied foreign children, leaving some members of the force stuck serving food to kids, and ordering various supplies such as baby wipes, according to Mark Morgan, chief of the Border Patrol, which operates within the Department of Homeland Stupidity. 
uh, border agents have expressed shock at the menial task they've been given uh, and required to perform following a massive flow of illegal immigrant children across the U.S. southern border, listeners, according to Morgan, who warned that the force is being strained as a result of this influx. This is what communism looks like. This is what happens when you put a communist in the White House. Our country is being destroyed from within. We are being invaded, we are being colonized, and when, when, when <laughs> you get so many people in here, folks, that don't share American values, the scale will tip. And that's what we're seeing here. Uh, during one recent trip, they say, to uh, the Border Patrol, to a Border Patrol outpost, the supervisor in charge said, Chief, we're going to do whatever this country asks us to do, to do, but I never thought in my 20 years that I would be as part of procurement ordering baby, baby powder and baby wipes, Morgan recalled during Wednesday testimony before the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. I just got from one, I just got from one sector, Morgan continued, where agents, one of their jobs during the day is to actually make sure the food, the burritos, we're providing, we're providing, <laughs> we're providing them burritos, that they're being warmed properly. <laughs> this is the job of the Border Patrol agents now. I'm laughing. It's not really funny. They're warming burritos for people. Unbelievable. <clears throat> the number of unaccompanied children and families traveling from Central America to the United States has increased significantly during the past few years. The number, and why is that, listeners? You need to know, look nowhere else but the White House right now. The policies that have been put into place. Uh, the number crossing the U.S. from Honduras, Guatemala, Guatemala El Salvador, has jumped 46,893 in fiscal 2016, up from 28,387 in 2015. So nearly double. Uh, according to statistics provided by Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, the committee's chair, Johnson said these numbers are not being publicized enough in the media. No, the media is worried about other things, like Donald Trump's tweets. Anyway... Enough of that article. Moving along here, uh, we see the sanctuary cities are insisting that they're going to stand strong against Trump's efforts, if he ever makes any efforts, to try to get rid of sanctuary cities. And these people can be prosecuted. Actually, um, up on News with Views right now, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I just saw an article, Dr. Edwin Vieira, right now at the top of newswithviews.com if you're listening live on Saturday morning. If not, you can get to it in his archives at News with Views. But he's got, a, he's got an article about this, some of the things that can be done. No sanctuaries in sanctuary cities is Edwin Vieira's article. Uh, I really, uh, I, I think a lot of Edwin Vieira. 
So I encourage you to check out this article. He cites the law. Uh, he says, uh, you know, in fact, he cites another article that was up on News with Views where Jonathan Emord was talking about how these people could be prosecuted. You know, upon assuming office, President Trump should announce the sanctuary cities violate federal law and that any state official who impedes federal law enforcement officials endeavoring to enforce the nation's immigration law will be arrested and prosecuted. While it is beyond federal law to permit the arrest of state and local officials who enact sanctuary city laws and policies, it is not beyond the federal law. Indeed, it is entirely consistent with the federal law and the supremacy clause of the Constitution to arrest and prosecute any f- such official who officially physically obstructs ICE agents from investigating, arresting, and prosecuting illegal aliens. That's according to Jonathan E. Mord. Now, Edwin Vieira says, one wonders, though, whether actual physical obstruction is the only basis on which rogue state and local officials who devise and promote sanctuary city laws and policies can be prosecuted. For example, Edwin writes, Title 18, United States Code, Section 1324A1, provides in pertinent part that, A, any person who knowingly or recklessly disregards the fact that an alien has come to, entered, or remains in the United States in violation of law, conceals, harbors, or shields from detection, or attempts to conceal, harbor, or shield from detection, such alien in any place, including any building or means of transportation, encourages or induces an alien to come to, enter, or reside in the United States, and that would implicate Obama, in my opinion, uh, knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that such coming to entry or residence is or will be in violation of law or engages in any conspiracy to commit any of the preceding acts or to aids or abets the commission of any of the preceding acts shall be punished as prov- provided in subparagraph B. Now, B, a person who violates subparagraph A shall for each alien... For each alien in respect to whom such a violation occurs, in the case of violation of subparagraph A, shall be fined under Title 18, imprisoned, not more than five years or both. In the case of a violation of subparagraph A, or during and during during and in relation to which the person causes serious bodily.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.